We are coming to the end of our retreat already. Now the rain should come. <laughs> I want to just to thank Barb and all the others that invited us to share this retreat with you. And uh, please believe you have been a great blessing to us. And we will go back encouraged, knowing that you will carry the rain back to your churches. Now, we heard the story of Elijah already a couple of times today, two, three times. <laughs> and we will look at a few of the things again in this last session. Now, I remember hearing about one part of North India, which is called Rajasthan. It's a very dry and in some areas, very desert-like place. And in one of the sections of Rajasthan, there was such a severe drought for several years. And of course, there was starvation and cattle died. And usually when drought comes to these places, farmers start committing suicide because they have nothing to live for. And so when it finally rained, there was great joy and celebration. Only the children that were born during the years of drought, they were crying and were scared. They never had seen rain before. They didn't know what was happening to them. Now, Elisha spoke of a heavy shower that was about to come after he won that contest at Carmel and revival came to the people. And it says there, when the people saw at the contest that fire consumed the sacrifice, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. And so Elijah, of course, killed the prophets of Baal and the people helped him. And then Elijah told Ahab in the face of a cloudless sky, go eat, I, have, I am hearing the sound of a heavy shower. And then this heavy shower came and it marked the end of the drought. And everything was refreshed and the land again became fruitful. Now rain in the Bible is one of the pictures of the Holy Spirit. Refreshing where there has been drought and unfruitfulness. So I want to read you Joel 2, 23 through 24. So rejoice, O sons of Zion, and be glad in the Lord your God, for he has given you the early rain for your vindication. And he has poured down on you the rain, the early and latter rain as before. And the threshing floors will be full of grain, and the vats will overflow with the new wine and oil. We talked about that we must pray by faith for national and church-wide revival, that it will come. 
Even if we don't see one little cloud in the sky, even if things go from bad to worse, we must pray by faith for revival of God's people across all churches and denominations, even if God will answer our prayers in the next generation. We still need to pray today that it will happen. Now, when we look to the past, we can say God has done it before and he will do it again. You know, we read, we can, you can go to the library or buy books on the great revivals of the past. And the conditions were as bad as today. In some places it was like Sodom and Gomorrah. And God sent revival. Now, we read from these times how the Spirit was moving in such a mighty way that thousands of people got saved Lots of lives got totally changed and churches and worldwide mission movements were started as a result of this revival. And it impacted nations and brought whole societies back to God and to Christian values. Now, I don't know how old you are, but... Calvary Chapel was born of such a move of God during the Jesus movement in the 60s and 70s. Some of you nod their head and others look at me with big eyes. <laughs> I mean, you can ask the older people in your Calvary Chapel movement and they will tell you about Pastor Chuck Smith and Sister Kay taking in these hippies that had come to Christ in making them saints. God has done it before, bringing mighty revivals, and he will do it again. What about rain or refreshment for your personal life? We started in my last session about it, but this time we will go to a different scripture. God has an amazing plan how you can receive refreshment all the time. Listen to this. Jesus himself said to the Samaritan woman, everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. That's John 4, 13 through 14. And then Jesus, during a festival time in Jerusalem, he proclaimed something very important. It says in John 7, 37 through 39, Now... On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, 
whom those who believed in him were to receive. What does that mean, that two scriptures? It means you don't have to wait for 30 years for the rain to come. Because of Jesus, the refreshment of the Holy Spirit is available for you today. This afternoon, this evening, tomorrow. See, the Bible says we were born again through the Holy Spirit. Jesus was telling to Nicodemus, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So you and I are born again through the Holy Spirit, and then we are told that we receive power when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, Acts 1, 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And then Peter was saying in Acts 2, this is not only for those that are right here, but this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself. That's us. The Lord wants to baptize you in his spirit and empower you to be his witnesses. But there is this one more thing that we already mentioned. The Holy Spirit lives within us. Sometimes we don't think much about it, but Jesus was saying, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. That's John 14, 16 through 17. What does this scripture mean? That means we got the source of the rain, the source of refreshment inside of us. How does it work? When we believe in Jesus, as the scripture says, we experience salvation and we receive the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God resides in our human spirit, that is our innermost being. Now we have the life of God within us. Jesus said, you know, when you drink, first I drink from the water that Jesus offers me, I receive the Holy Spirit, and then the Spirit becomes a spring of water in me. You know a spring? It's like a well. It bubbles. And then living water starts to flow from that spring of my innermost being, 
And then Jesus says, it becomes a river. It doesn't stay a spring. It becomes a river. Like the Mississippi. <laughs> like the Amazon. You need to picture that. This is God's plan for you and me. The Holy Spirit in us, it becomes a spring. It becomes a river. You know, if Jesus said, it's a river, he means river. If you have anything less than that, then you haven't arrived at what God wants for you to have. A river flows from your innermost being. So if you have a river inside of you, how often can you drink to be refreshed? Tell me. Every time, any time you want, 24 hours a day, whenever you are thirsty. And anywhere, wherever you go, even if you are in the desert, you don't have to be thirsty. You can drink from that water that is flowing from the Holy Spirit inside of you. You know, you can actually have abundant life, overflowing joy, and an intimate walk with God, even if you live in a pagan culture, an ungodly society, or a church that is in drought. Many of our people on the mission field, they are the only Christians in their village. They are the river of living water. And they can be refreshed. They don't have to starve for God, for that living water. Now, the Bible says that God has a greater plan for us than just for us to be refreshed. God's plan of refreshment goes way beyond us. Jesus said to his disciples and to us, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That's Matthew 28, 19. God wants us to bring the life of God and the living water to a world that is in drought. It starts with us. Because what we don't possess, we cannot give to anyone else. When God created this world, he did something amazing. He built in, in his creation, a very, very clear message. You know, it's like when you go to Reno, Nevada, the neon lights are flashing. Such a clear message God put into his creation. You know what that message is? You need water. It is even clear to those that know nothing about the living God, illiterate people, you don't have to be a scientist. Everyone on this planet need, knows that they need water. God extra inbuilt this message in his whole creation in this world, to tell us you need water, you need water, you need water. Because without water, there is no life 
possible on Earth. Now, when NASA, you know, they go in space and they try to explore another planet, what do they look for? They always look for signs of water. Now, they say if we can find ice, maybe, or a tried-out riverbed, or a washed-out rock, or something, because life like ours cannot exist without water. And this is the message that God put into the whole creation. You need water, you need water, you need water. Now, everything on Earth needs water. Our body, they tell us, consists 50 to 70% or 75% of water. I don't know how much else is left. <laughs> you know, even a potato consists 80% of water. And an elephant consists 70% of water. We know our body is losing constantly water and we need to refill. Doctor tell us eight classes a day. And when it's hot outside, when we work hard or we do some sports, then we need even more water. Now, they checked it out, you know, we can go about three to f maybe four days, maximum maybe five days without water. Now, we have these earthquakes in Haiti and now in Nepal and all, and sometimes they find a survivor after eight or ten days, but that is on the verge of death, and that's only very few that survive that long, but we cannot go beyond any of these. No water, your body gets dehydrated, you become weak, you become delirious, you faint, you go into shock, and then your organs are shutting down and there will be death. And of course, everybody is thirsty every day of their life. Here in the U.S., that was maybe the most amazing thing when I first came to, to the U.S., everywhere water fountains. You don't find that in Europe, or at least, I mean, here you go to a public place, everybody is continuously drinking out of some fountain, airports, stores. Now, I have seen in Myanmar, that's Burma, formerly Burma, uh, people don't have these water fountains, but people put a clay pot in front of their, their house. And so people that pass by and are thirsty can drink some water out of that clay pot. Now they do that to collect merits for eternity. But it shows that everywhere people are thirsty. And people take, of course, water bottles to work for travel and wherever they go. And if there is an accident and someone gets injured, need to be transported to the hospital, the paramedics arrive, what do they do before they take him to the hospital? They put an IV in his arm to give the person fluids. They don't even wait until he gets to the hospital so that they can prevent the dehydration. 
Now, when Jesus proclaimed to this Samaritan woman, you know, about the living water and that he can give water that she will never thirst again. And when he cried out in Jerusalem, you know, anyone who is thirsty, come to me. What was he talking about? He was talking about the human spirit that is thirsty, that need refreshment, that need water. He was not talking about the physical water. He talked about the human spirit that needs the water of life. Our, our picture we get from what Jesus says is that he knows people understand very well that they need physical water. And he says exactly the same way you need spiritual water, the water of life. Because our spirit cannot live without that water that only God can give. Now, we said in the beginning, God put a message to the whole world. You know, you need water, you need water, flashing with neon lights everywhere we look. But he meant spiritual water. You know, he wants to tell us, you are in a spiritual drought since the Garden of Eden. Mankind is in a spiritual drought and you need the water for your spirit, just like you need the water for your body. Now, most people, when you talk to them, they are only aware of their body and soul. You know, when people meet us or when you go to the grocery store, they say, how are you doing? And they mean, how are you doing physically? You know, and you say, oh, I'm fine. And then when we go through difficult times, people may inquire, how are you feeling? You know, maybe someone died in your family and then someone comes and says, how are you feeling? And they want to know how you are doing emotionally in your soul. And you may say, I'm sad, I'm happy, I'm worried, I'm anxious or something like that. But have you ever met anyone that walks up to you and says, how is your spirit doing today? The reason is people are hardly aware that they have a spirit. I mean, we Christians know we have one, but so many times we are not aware really of the needs of our spirit. Now, when people are thirsty in this world, you know, they set out to satisfy their body and their soul. They draw water from the well or the tap or buy some bottle of water to quench their thirst. And then for their soul, they feel something is missing out of my life. They try a thousand things. You know, they pursue money, they pursue possessions and love and relationships and others go off into entertainment and education and achievements and travel and shopping. Others go to alcohol and drugs and all these things. And you know what? 
after they try all these things, they discover that they are still thirsty. So what do they do? They go and try some more of the same thing with the same result. It's like a merry-go-around. You know, nothing changes, nothing changes. Their drought inside of them continues. Now, one person in the Bible tried that too, and that was King Solomon. You know, he tried everything imaginable. And he couldn't find anything that satisfies him. The thirst that he felt. You know, once he knew God intimately, but then he got off, like we said this morning, and then he was thirsty. And he kept on being thirsty. So he was going into building programs. He went into all entertainment. He went into everything that you can think of under the sun, he said. Yet in the end, he looked at all the things he tried and said, it's all for nothing, it's vanity. Because the drought in his heart continued and continued and continued. So why can these people in this world not satisfy their thirst? Because they don't realize that it's their spirit that is thirsty, that needs refreshment. Their spirit is fainting for the water of life that only Jesus can give them. Now Jesus invites us and says, come to me and drink. And we said, once we drink from the water that Jesus offers us, our thirst is gone. The drought is over. And we realize and we say, you know, you hear that often when someone gets saved. They will say, I searched for so many years and now I found it. This is what I always wanted. So what happens when we drink? We already said that in the beginning, we experience salvation, we receive his spirit, and then the Holy Spirit resides in our human spirit, and now we have the life of God in us, and we are able to pass on life to others. See, that's the amazing thing that happens, and I want to read that scripture again because I don't want you to forget it. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. That is you. Now, this is what takes place. We already said the first part, but I will repeat it. So you will always remember. First, I drink. I receive his spirit. The spirit becomes a spring of water in me. Living water starts to flow and trickle, you know, from that spring out of my innermost being. And then this spring turns into a river, the Mississippi River. And then the river flows out of me. Where does it flow? To the world around me. 
I can't contain a river. It flows to the world around you. And then others walk up to this river and they drink from that living water. And what happens to them? They receive God's spirit. And the spirit becomes a spring of water in them. And living water starts flowing from their innermost being. And then that spring becomes a river. And the river flows to the world around them. And others start drinking from that river. And this repeats itself in every person that drinks. Think about it. The life of God is passed on from one person to the other. It spreads by multiplication. Now, this is God's plan of how to bring the life of God in healing to this world that is in drought. So I want you to imagine a river and not just a few drops or a little trickle of water flows out of you. Can you imagine a river flows out of you? Okay, and then think about it. A river flows out of every believer in your home church. How many believers you got in your church here? In the rock, how many believers do they have here? Maybe they have a few hundred. Think about it. 200, maybe 200 rivers flow out of this place alone. And then all the churches combined, all the Calvary chapels, every believer is a river, has a river flowing out of. Think about it. And then every believer in the nation of, of American United States, and then every nation of the world. If every believer has a, has a river flowing out of their life, how fast this world would be reached for Christ. How much less effort would it take if every believer has a river? Now, this is God's will for our life. God's will is not that we are just refreshed for our own self. And God's will is not that we stay with a little trickle or a few drops. God's will for all of us here, whether we are saved for three months or three years or 30 years, that each of us will come to a point in our relationship with him that a river is flowing from our life. And this is also God's plan to pass his life to the next generation. See, God wants us to think and care beyond our own life. And even beyond our own generation. He wants that river to go to our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren and the generations to come. So how does this river flow out of us? I already told you the Holy Spirit resides in our human spirit. Because we surrendered our life to the Lord. And now our human spirit is governed by the 
Holy Spirit. It has become obedient to the Holy Spirit. And our body and soul are no longer acting independently. They have become subject and obedient to our human spirit who is obedient to the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit can say something and our human spirit is obedient and our human spirit is telling the body what to do, you know? If the Holy Spirit wants to bring healing or comfort to someone that hurts, he tells that to our human spirit and our human spirit is telling the body and the soul to express what the Holy Spirit wants. So our soul responds with very sincere thoughts and emotions of compassion. And our body responds with actions. You know, my mouth is speaking encouragement to that person that needs comfort. Or my arms are giving someone a hug. Or my feet are now walking to the house of someone that needs some help. You see how that works? Holy Spirit resides in my human spirit. And my human spirit is obedient to the Holy Spirit. And my body and soul, they all cooperate to bring the life of God to a hurting world. Now... We are coming to the end and we talk about refreshing. And I said to you, you carry a river with you. You can be refreshed all day, 24 hours. Now, what do you have to do to get refreshed? Jesus said, come to me and drink. And if you come for the first time, you receive salvation and you receive his spirit. I do not know if anyone is here that never has received Jesus in their heart. But Jesus today is asking you, come to me and drink. And I will refresh you. And I will make a spring of water inside you and it will become a river and you will become a blessing to refresh all those around you. And as believers, we need to come and drink as well. You know, so many times we are starving. We don't have to. The river is right there. The water is ready. The water of life we can drink anytime. Give the Holy Spirit room in your life to become that river that flows out of you. Sometimes we are so busy with other things that we want to become, that we forget our calling is to have a river of living water flow from our life. So this world don't have to stay in a drought. This community you live in don't have to stay in a drought. People can come and drink. As, believer, as a believer, you should come to Jesus and drink every day. You don't have to live in a drought in your personal life. 
And then, when you go and witness to others, you can go in confidence. You know, sometimes we are so scared to say anything to anyone. You can go in confidence because a river of life is flowing out of you. These people you encounter, they will notice the river. You may not notice it, you may not see it, you may think I'm so small, I'm nothing, I'm not a pastor or a pastor's wife or something else. But when God sees you, he sees you, a river flowing out of you. Witness to others with confidence. I want to close with something from the mission field. You know, people, like I said, they often experience droughts in these agricultural societies. And one of the things that we as a mission do is when we know of villages that have no clean water sources and people get sick and die, or they experience a lot of drought, we go and we bless them by drilling a, a well for them, a bore well, so they have clean water. And we have drilled a, a few thousands of them. And the amazing thing is, you know, for the first time, they get this wonderful clean water. And then what we do is we call these wells Jesus well. So it will refer to the one they need to get to know. So people, even if they never have heard before, they will talk to each other and say, let's go to the Jesus well and draw water. <laughs> so every day they lift up his name. And then what we have on every well that we dig, we put a plaque. And we put in the native language of the people, we put that verse, and we, it's written there, Jesus said, everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall not, never thirst. So when people come, they read this, and then they ask, what does that mean? Can you tell me what this means? And so many have given their life to Christ because our pastors and our believers are right there to tell them what it means. So dear sisters, you are just like such a Jesus well. There's an inscription on you. The people that drink from that living water that flows from you will never thirst again. And people will walk up to you like to this Jesus well and they will say, what do you have that you get through this difficult thing in your life? And you can point them to the Lord who is the giver of this life, the Holy Spirit that brings refreshment, that brings healing my dear sisters, please look at yourself and ask the Lord, Lord, I want this river to flow from me. So not only myself be refreshed, but 
the world around me gets to know you. Shall we pray together? Lord, we are so grateful that you made such a wonderful provision for us to drink from that living water that you offer us and that you make that living water, the Holy Spirit, to become a spring and a river of water that flows from us. Lord, I pray that each one of us will desire to become such a source of life that each one will have a river flowing from us so the world that is in drought will be refreshed and get to know your name. We thank you for your blood for us. And Lord, we pray, please make that come to pass in our life. We want your name to be lifted up. And we want to see other people come out of drought and experience the life that you have for them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to The Rock Podcast. Our regular services are held on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. in Santa Rosa, California. If you would like to learn more, please visit our website at calvertherock.org.